Welcome to Outwit, Outplay, Outpod, the podcast where fire takes represent your life. I'm Isaac. I'm Kayla. And we're here to talk about Survivor Season 45, Episode 5, I Don't Want to Be the Worm. Kayla, the tribe has spoken, but we have not. What is your fire take from this week's episode? My fire take of the week is actually a soft take and that Jake's background story was, I feel, one of the best uses of a vignette on Survivor and actually really deeply softened me to his character. I was not pro-Jake and after his little emotional narrative, I was like, protect this sweet man at all costs. What sang to you about his little segment there? He was just so earnest. He was so sad that something he worked so hard on, like, was failing him in his mind. Like, I don't actually think his body is failing him, but he feels that way in such a critical moment. And I was like, you seem like a bro-y kind of dude now, but, like, you're really just a big softie who's gone on a very, like big emotional and mental and physical journey and I was like Jake my heart (laughs) tell other people this maybe you'll better alliances yeah I like it all right my fire take this week is that rewards should result in more fun viewing for the audience I'm really not too worried about whether the people on the show are liking the reward I really want it to lead to entertaining tv which ultimately is the purpose of survivor The way that they set up these challenges, we have marvels of engineering, we have camera work that is the envy of reality shows everywhere, and we get fish for a roar, like fish, unscaled fish, like eight fish is what they have (laughs) These people throwing their bodies on the line in order to win. Like, at least give them like ice cream sundaes. Like, I want to see whipped cream and like chocolate sauce. Yes, a buffet of sorts, a little s'more or something. (gasps) S'mores? Survivor s'mores. S'mores. A hundred percent. And and I miss the corporate sponsors of rewards too, like the Outback Steakhouses and the Applebee's and they're like, and then they would have the survivors like be like little corporate shills and be like, I've been going to Outback Steakhouse with my family since I was three years old. And those are just so corny and fun. Get these castaways a blooming onion. You heard it here first. Coming up, we'll break down this week's episode, gavel in another edition of Mock Tribal, and end with our favorite segment, Survivors on the Move. But Kayla, you had a little game that you wanted to kick things off with this week. Yeah, I felt we had strayed from our roots and were much more organized in season two, but needs more whimsy, more little games, more fun. Um, So I have a game that is not titled, but I will title it right now, Survivors in Politics. Whoa. (laughs) And I will give you three former Survivor castaways, and you have to guess what political office they tried or are currently serving in. I feel like two are easy, one is difficult, and I'm going to do them in order of the thing I think you'll know first. Wait, this isn't like factual, right? They aren't actually in this, office. This is factual. This is real. You think Multiple Castaways survivors are in some sort of... <laughs> Wait, what? 
multiple survivors multiple in this survivors. season are in some kind of political office? Not this season. Of all time. Of all time. Expanded. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Heard. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's okay. do it. Blank was the former candidate for Manhattan District Attorney. Eliza. I don't remember her last name. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. I follow, Eliza I followed Orleans. her on Twitter. Yeah. I also follow yeah. her on Twitter, and she was also on The Amazing Race. I did not like her Survivor season, but I really enjoyed her as a candidate for Manhattan DA. <laughs> okay. Survivor winner Nick Wilson is currently serving in what office? Um, I have no idea uh, at all. Uh, can I get a little hint? Maybe a little hint is it's a state legislature, but of what state? Okay, Nick Wilson. I don't remember this guy. I'm based on Nick Wilson. I'm gonna think like northeast. I actually have the Wilson family name on one side of my family. Uh, <laughs> I would think or maybe. How about maybe not north? How about maybe like Kentucky? Yes! Ding ding ding! It's Kentucky! What? Woo! Yes, that's right. Are you serious? <laughs> I completely guessed the correct state out of 50 states. I said Kentucky because my grandpa is from Kentucky and his last name's Wilson. Is he related to me? Are you is this related? A family tree discovery? <laughs> We're going to circle back on the next episode about whether or not Isaac and Nick Wilson are actually third cousins. Stay tuned. Holy crap. Fascinating. Okay. This is the last one. Rupert, our favorite Survivor contestant, or one of my favorite uh, Survivor contestants yeah. of all times, ran for the governor of a state on the Libertarian yeah. ticket yeah, and lost to what oh, man. conservative I politician? Oh, shit. Oh, my God. I think it's a pretty big name. Um, Mike Pence. Yes, you're three for three. <laughs> Isaac, this is amazing. You did so well at our I little game. Cannot. I will stack this up against ev- any other accomplishment in my entire life. I can't <laughs> believe I made it through that. That is ridiculous. This wow. was really hard. That last one was really hard. I can't believe you got that. <laughs> yeah. No, I have read. I read an article. Yeah, I read an article about um, Rupert's campaign run. I don't think he ever had too much of a chance, but think of all the agony he could have saved the country. If only he nope, had the courage. that part. Anyway. And with that, Isaac, <laughs> yeah. take us in. So let's start. Yeah, let's start with leg one of the recap. Um, so at Reba, tensions are high after tribal council. After all, Sifu knows, Sifu knows someone voted for him, but D is not coming clean. D, Julie, and Jay are mad at Sean for stirring the pot on his way out by saying that he was not the one who voted for Sifu. D flashes back to her parents who immigrated from Cuba, drawing strength from the example of the hardships they endured. And Sifu shows us a fake idol he made. I'd say it looks pretty dang good, which he telegraphs very obviously having to the other members <laughs> of his tribe. 
Jay devises a plan to take the fall for voting for Sifu and convince him that she is on the outs, but Dee and Julie are then considering switching the plan and voting Jay out instead. Irrelevant, because they don't end up going to tribal council. At Bello, everyone is fantasizing about food, including Kendra, who tries and fails to eat a worm. Emily pleasantly contributes to a conversation about aliens, a sharp contrast from her blunt refusal to acknowledge their role in building the pyramids earlier in the game. Yes. Brando and Drew bond over Pokemon, but Drew flatly rejects the idea of a nerd alliance. Everyone is trying to sway Emily to their side, and she seems truly torn on who to side with. Then at Lulu, Jake passes out yet again. He's very emotional about the possibility of his body letting him down, as Kayla mentioned, given how proud he is of his weight loss journey over the past couple of years. Katura is caught red-handed looking for the idol, and it seems like everyone is finding her game a little suspect. Kelly even calls it sloppy. Caleb is thriving in a one-on-one conversation with just about everyone and tries to win Kelly over by telling her Sabaya had already found the beware advantage. Bruce is grading on Katura and Caleb. He tells Katura that saving a papaya is the dumbest thing he's ever heard and is constantly on Caleb to just work, 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 work all day long. Kayla, I feel like we finally saw evidence of uh, how annoying Bruce is. And I, annoying isn't even the right word. Like, he's not really being respectful of his fellow tribe mates. No, he's... Again, I'm going to revisit this uncle trope in every in every episode, especially as we're nearing Thanksgiving. He is that uncle at Thanksgiving saying crazy shit at the end of the table. And you're like, can you shut up and just eat these mashed potatoes? Please. We beg. I beg. Yeah. It's still baffling to me how he entered the game knowing he needed to not be dad and he needed to be fun uncle. And yet, like, no one has given more bossy vibes that I can think of in Survivor for like a little while. He's he's just not self-aware enough, I guess. It's it's bad. He he can't be anything but who he is. Also, like you can't change. You can't be a whole person and then think you're going to change your entire personality in like 26 days or whatever it is. Like it's just not happening. <laughs> Unrealistic. You got to work with work with who you are. Yeah, you can't fake it. You're not you when you're hungry. Or maybe you're a more essential version of yourself when you're hungry. And that's what Bruce is running into. Um, I wanted to talk about Jay's plan at Reba, where she takes the fall for voting for Sifu. Like, why, question mark? I, I don't know what is going on among the on the Reba tribe. Like, for me, I was just like, everyone must be really hungry because none of this is making any sense <laughs> to me. I don't think we're getting enough footage. What I've put together in my mind is old old Bello or whoever most of them were. I forget who they were before. Um, but it was Austin and Drew and Dee and Julie. We know that for sure. So that leaves Jay and Sifu on the house. On the outs. I had a theory from a couple weeks ago that Sifu was being a weirdo and (laughs) nobody wanted to work with him, but also nobody wanted to work with Jay. But now in this new tribe and with um, Sean gone, I think there's probably like a little girly alliance happening. Not even alliance, but I think the girls are just probably spending a lot of time together by nature that they all think Sifu is weird. It's not an alliance though. It's truly a forcing function of people on the small island. And I think this is Jay's overture to try and make real inroads with Dee and Julie because I think she knows that she's not really in there. And I think this is like her version of an olive branch, 
even though, like, I don't think she's dumb. Like, I think she knows it's one of them. (laughs) And she's just pretending like she doesn't know and is trying to, like, get in their good graces so that Sifu is definitely the next one gone. And it's it's not working. But that's how I got there. I I love that theory. And I and I also agree where it's like, Jay seems like she's going to be a really good player and we just haven't seen that much on-screen evidence of her. But what you just described is pretty brilliant if she is just sort of like offering this as as a means of cementing her alliance with, uh, with Julie and Dee. I like that theory a lot. Now, let's talk about Drew for a second. I feel like Drew made a lot of unforced errors this episode and my confidence in him is eroding even further. First of all, you never, just as a rule, you never flatly refuse to go into an alliance with someone. Like Brando says, let's do a nerd so alliance. Weird. And he was like, no. I'm like, what? What? Yeah. And then Brando <laughs> like... offers Drew his shot in the dark. And Drew says, no. I, I just, I couldn't get into his head Did he say no? Like, he I seem couldn't to be even doing... tell what was happening no. there. <laughs> Brando... Well, for, I don't know what Brando was even thinking either. Like, not, no one was doing the correct thing. Also, he had already been rejected. And I'm like, this is really yeah, embarrassing right. to stand exactly. up. Exactly. The like... timing of this. <laughs> like, don't do that. Yeah. yeah. Mistakes were made. This also reminds me of, okay, help me. Who was that person? It wasn't that long ago on Survivor, like probably within the last five seasons where he was like, I'm in alliance with everyone. Like I'm in this alliance. I'm in the, this alliance. Do you know who I'm talking about? It was a man. Like, and he was in like four different alliances and was like, oh, I think it was Cody. Was it Cody? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cody. Sure. Yes. I could totally see that. Yep. And I think he, that's how it should go. It actually didn't bite him in the butt. Like his demise was completely related to his best friend on the island. And I think Drew's demise yeah. will definitely be related to his best friend on the island. Um, little little yeah. prediction. But yeah, he's being really weird and also like makes me a little suspicious of Austin because I feel Austin had similar energy, but we'll get there in the third part of the recap. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited to watch the rest of Austin's season. He's a really dynamic player. The last thing I wanted to talk about in this section, actually, it reminds me of your fire take. So you talked about how connected you are feeling to Jake after his little flashback montage. Jeff Probst on the On Fire podcast, um, he fielded a question from one of his co-hosts that was connected to that segment. And they asked him, what do you say to people who watch Survivor who say, I could never get on Survivor because I don't have a sob story? And Jeff answered this question, I thought, in a pretty interesting way. He was like, "You, I understand how people get there, but you don't need a sob story to get on Survivor. He said, you don't need a sob story to get on Survivor. And he said, if you don't have a sob story, we just might not do one of these flashbacks about your background. <laughs> so I was like, you're kind of like contradicting yourself there a little bit, Jeff. He's like, because you're basically saying you are a less attractive candidate because we won't say anything about your life if you don't have a sob story, but also feel free to apply anyway. I I don't even like the term sob story, obviously. Like, it's not a very generous way to relate to people's sort of history and emotional development and things of that nature. But I thought it was a pretty not great answer from Jeff, if I'm honest. Uh... You definitely need a sob story. Like, I don't think he ran that by the Survivor comms team before 
putting that out. That feels like a Jeff Probst yeah. answer that he made up on the spot and should have definitely have consulted the PR professionals at his workplace. Because what you should have said is completely deflected and just we're looking for people of all backgrounds. It just happens that we find the people who are like so deeply like excited to be on Survivor, like often have like these really amazing backstories that like connect to their journeys. Uh, 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 uh. That's what you should have said. Jeff, call me. I'm here for you. Call, call Kayla, <laughs> Jeff. Call Kayla. You need the advice. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the recap of the second part of this episode. So at an obstacle course slash slash slingshot challenge, the tribes compete (laughs) for immunity and a fishy reward. Reba wins, Lulu finishes second, and Bello is going to tribal. Reba gets to choose one person from each tribe to go on a journey and decides to send Jay from Reba, Kelly from Lulu, and Austin from Bello. The three go on a long hike and by majority vote have to choose either sustenance, aka sandwiches, or strategy. The strategy option is three amulets that have to be played together in order to have power and have an increasing amount of power the fewer that are left in the game. With three amulets in the game, the amulet is an extra vote. With two in the game, the amulet is a steal a vote. And with one in the game, the amulet is an immunity idol. Austin wants a sandwich, but Jay and Kel- Kelly win out and decide to go with the amulets. Majority rules, so we these amulets are in the game and activated. Kayla, I wanted to get a quick comp- complicatedness check here when it comes to these amulets. Like, just summarizing them was a little difficult on my tired little writer brain. Um, are we liking this twist slash advantage being thrown into the mix? I'm going to say a couple things. Number one, you yeah. really ate with fishy reward. Like... <laughs> You really killed that. Um, Second, you know me so well. This was way too complicated. (laughs) I was like, this is so damn elaborate. And like, for what reason? It's too much. There were three people. There was a hike. I can never remember, like, even right now, you just said it. Three amulets is save a vote. Second is steal a vote. Like... Yeah. I don't even think I'm there. Oh, here it is. Okay, with three amulets in the game, extra vote. Two is steal a vote, and one is a hidden immunity idol. I think if they're going to do this, we need the Chirons. We need the Chirons. Let's say who has which advantage so I can remember which players are in cahoots with one another. And they've been doing a really good job, I think, with Austin's pull-asides, where he constantly is reiterating the number of advantages he has. And especially when he was doing um, his, like, voting, um, I like that they were like, Austin, tell them, tell the audience, tell the people how you're doing this. So I, if you want to do all this, we need Chirons. I need them because I can't remember all of this. And also... This is just unnecessary. Steal a vote has never been like executed well. Extra vote has never been executed well. Like it flops every time. What do you think? I'm seeing nodding. I completely agree with everything you just said. I also think that I think Austin is probably right that I'm not even sure if this is an advantage. Now these three people are, I think it's more, much more likely to make these three people enemies than friends yeah he was Austin I'm really rooting for Austin like he rose a lot in my ranks this week I I think he's kind of fun um 
and yeah, I'm just, I just, it feels like a bit of a misstep. I think um, Dalton Ross had a good take in his entertainment weekly piece where he was like, survivors are so conditioned to say yes to every advantage and thing they find because it's like the thing you're supposed to do is like a hardcore player of survivor. But in this case, I think that conditioning is really going to backfire. And I don't see, I don't see more than one of these players advancing very far in the game. No, but also I didn't understand why he didn't hold firm. He was like, oh, I didn't want to be the guy to like, whatever, say no to the advantage. But let's really think about it here. You were already on the tribe with Jay. You kind of know that she doesn't have the strongest relationships and could probably bet on the fact that like her word probably won't be the thing that takes you out in this game. She could be a vote, but I don't think she's going to like, be the one that takes you out kelly what's the worst thing you could say he didn't want to play with the advantage so he doesn't play hard and i don't want him in my alliance but then at that point she would probably be in alliance with someone who knows about all of his advantages and they would be like hey he has all these advantages do you want to use it and then kelly would be like oh i guess he is a player i thought wrong and the only difference would be was that you got a sandwich like (laughs) i don't understand why he didn't stick to his guns and be like no i need to eat i'm not doing this like stop talking to me because he essentially was like i don't want to be i don't want to play with these people anyway so therefore i don't understand why he didn't want to just not do this this is so complicated now i agree it's so complicated and to your point about chirons crazy pitch i think we need a survivor app if I had a little app and it gave me like a roster of everyone who has advantages, how many votes they've been voted for in the entirety of the game, they put their little deleted scenes in there instead of making me go look for it on the World Wide Web. Like Love Island has an app. Do they not have an app? No, there's no app. Has nobody Come thought on, about there's this? There's got to be an app. There's, there's got to be, be budget app. for this. Yeah, they, can, they have a um, podcast now. They can connect that, integrate that in there. Well, honestly, I think something might be going on with Survivor like community engagement from that aspect of it because the fact that they've waited this long to give Jeff Probst a podcast when like every middle aged man has had a podcast since the year of our Lord like 2016, it's like a little off. It's a little off. Like, what are the approval yeah. chains looking like? This is a very comsy episode. Yeah. I have a lot of questions about what's going on in the marketing episode. communications department at Survivor. I think we need to <laughs> we need to have like a taxonomy of episodes where like occasionally an episode episode is a comsy episode. Because there are definitely comsy episodes of Survivor, especially when it comes to Jeff. <laughs> All great. right. Let's gavel in another edition of Mock Tribal. If you don't already know, Mock Tribal is when your typically agreeable hosts spit fire and spare no feelings as we disagree on a survivor subject of some controversy. Kayla, what's on the docket this week? On the docket, should Jeff snuff the torches of the quitters? Let's start with you, Isaac. Okay, um, I'm going to go ahead and say that he should snuff the torches of quitters The reason is, if he does not snuff a quitter's torch, I think that quitter could go on to claim that through a loophole of Jeff never snuffing their torch, they are still in that season of Survivor. And so they could be like, hey, I know so-and-so got voted the sole Survivor, but technically never voted out. Jeff never snuffed my torch. Look it up. And do we really want those quitters to have the satisfaction of a loophole? I don't think so. What do you think, Kayla? I think... 
that he shouldn't because in the era of only casting Survivor superfans to this show, there is no greater weapon than shame. And Jeff hates when these people walk out at him. So I think this would be like a nice little incentive to not do so because it would be really embarrassing for a Survivor superfan. He should do it. Be ruthless. The question is, and if you're right, in this world where Jeff does not snuff their torches, like what happens? Do they walk out and their torch is still on fire? Do they have to snuff the torch themselves? Like what is the humiliation that you are looking for? I think the humiliation is Jeff says, hand me your torch. And Jeff just holds oh. it. And they have to walk out in shame. And then everybody else walks out and Jeff is still holding the torch. And then it fades to black. I think that would be so funny. And I also I also like the idea where it's like Jeff like consumes the fire that represents their life and like it makes him stronger. He like eats Jeff the Jeff is survivor. Oh, the Reddit who were also posing this question were like Jeff should rip out the hearts of people who shouldn't, who quit Survivor. And I'm like, are y'all good? Those type of comments had like 900 upvotes and I was like, I'm scared. <laughs> Yeah, no, people were really going in on like violent strategies for Jeff to take in uh, dealing with these quitters. So people are mad. The Survivor community is not okay. Two quits in five episodes, not okay. All right, last leg of the recap. So at Bello, Kendro... Kendra and Brando are trying to persuade Emily to target Drew. To cover himself, Brando offers Drew his shot in the dark in a show of good faith meant to convince him to vote out Kendra, but it's a lie. Brando has no intention of voting Kendra. In talking to Emily, Brando and Drew blame each other for originating the scheme of working as a four to vote out Kendra, and it seems like Emily is more suspicious of Drew, even though actually he's the one telling the truth. To try and win her over, Austin shows Emily the amulet advantage he won on the journey. Kendra feels like her back is against the wall. And at Tribal, Jeff asks for the 197th time if it's weird that Tribal Council is both cool and scary. Seriously, Jeff, we get it on this theme. And in a candid moment, Drew says the focus of his vote is on preparing for the chaos of the upcoming merge. Emily compares people to stocks, so I guess we've regressed a little bit. Austin sacrifices his vote to extend the playability of his beware advantage idol, but also plays the goodwill advantage to get his vote back, speaking of complicated advantages. The result, Emily sides with Austin and Drew, and Brando goes home. What'd you think, Kayla? Um, I just got a lot of satisfaction out of this advantage play. I know I just sat there and slandered advantages, but this was a case where he forwarded himself in the game by extending his idol he effectively used a goodwill advantage which feels a little bit like a throwaway it feels less high stakes than like some of the other advantages where you really want to wait and savor it and if he hadn't voted then it would have like been a tie and they would have had to re-vote and then realize he couldn't vote And then maybe it would have gone to rocks, which would have been really entertaining. But this was so clean. And I got a lot of satisfaction out of an actual um, well-played advantage. Yeah. 
I think clean is the right word. And Austin is like on such a ride of momentum right now. In addition to playing that to perfection at Tribal Council, it's very clear that he is 100% responsible for winning Emily over. Drew was just giving Emily very suspicious vibes and she was not having it. But Austin is like, I know what to do. I'll give her a little bit of information and a show of faith. The stakes of sharing that information, very low, because I don't think that advantage very low. is really going to be a factor in anything from this point on. Exactly. And and honestly, Austin and Caleb, got to give it to Austin and Caleb this episode. They both know how to use giving information to people as a means of building trust. Caleb did it earlier in the episode with Kelly. Here, Austin does it with Emily to tremendous effect. So um, yeah, Austin, way to go, bro. Way to go, man. Um, and yeah, I think I was satisfied with this largely satisfied with this tribal. I will say Rando, I think made a few errors and I'm not sure whether it was really his season. Uh, I I was kind of high on him a few episodes ago, but now I'm kind of like, eh, sorry, buddy. Yeah. I was a little too, I was a little too high. I might've gotten ahead of my skis. He actually goes by Brando in his normal life. Or do you think he decided to go by Brando for the show after he realized there was going to be a Brandon? Yeah, listeners investigate. And also let's let's have a bit of an expose of forced nicknaming among the survivor producers cuz I got to think that when they have multiple when they have multiple names, I'm curious whether they provide a menu of options for people to change their names or if they're merely compelling people to change their names for the sake of not confusing a reality TV show audience, which I get. Producers, we're still waiting for you to for you to write in. Our lines are always open. Always for you. Okay, folks, now for our favorite segment, last but not least, Survivors on the Move. Kayla, whose stock is rising for you this week? I hate to say it, but I think Emily's stock is rising um, because she's in that sweet spot of extra vote that nobody ever decides to take out, like that swing vote. And that is like a free ticket to the merge we've basically seen. And I'm also going to add in here... Kelly, because I have to take what the castaways say at face value, and they're like, everyone wants to work with Kelly. Like, we all love Kelly. Um, And so I'm like, wow, she must be doing something and just getting absolutely no screen time or credit for it right now. Good for her. Yeah, I have also had Kelly as my rising stock this week, to borrow Emily's parlance, uh, in, in large part because Caleb kind of, immediately like identifies her as the strongest player on his tribe. And I just feel like Caleb, Caleb has a really good intuition where about where everyone is, what the state of play is. And he was struggling to get close to Kelly, which I also think reflects well on Kelly, to be honest, because everyone is so charmed by Caleb so quickly to me, she's got the high emotional intelligence. If she's like, yeah, she's like, yeah, I think you're selling me something, but who knows? That would be a powerful Islands. If we Alliance, if we end up getting a Caleb Kelly partnership, I would definitely be down to watch that. Um, speaking of down, moving down for this for me this week was Bruce. Uh, I don't even mean in terms of the state of the game. I just mean in terms of like, this was for me the episode that made clear what I think Kayla saw long ago and my eyes are open. Now I was about well. to say. Bruce, <laughs> I know. This is a win for, hey, you, you, said, you said Emily is rising and I'm saying Bruce is down. I feel like we've both succeeded in rubbing <laughs> off on each other a little bit here. Uh, Bruce is down for me, not in terms of game, but just in terms of like, you don't talk to people this way. Ugh, I hate it. It makes my skin crawl. And, uh, he's, he's making some errors and and treating people in a way that he shouldn't be. So Bruce is down for me this week. How about for you, Kayla? I'm going to say Austin. He himself is doing impeccably. 
I do think this like new alliance and new amulet is gonna sink him like a rock. <laughs> like, uh... Getting tied up in this mess, like he sees it, I see it. It's going to be bad for him. I don't even think it'll be net that neutral. Be I think it's gonna be negative. Yeah, if he somehow gets got because of the amulet, I'm going to be as mad at the producers as I am at anyone else because I just feel, I'm not really buying this amulet as like a good twist of the game. And I would hate, I would hate if Austin was caught in the producer's <laughs> spider web associated with it. All right, folks. Well, that is all from us this week. Thanks for tuning in. If you want to share your fire takes, shoot us an email at widowplayoutpod at gmail.com. We'd love to read those on the podcast. And if you're enjoying our show, spread the word. Tell a friend about us and rate us on your favorite podcasting app. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next Friday to talk about the next episode of Survivor Season 45. But until then, the tribe has spoken, and so have we. (laughs) 